0: Hey everyone, this is Stephen Burkhart with the Deft and Vanilla podcast, and I am so excited for the guest we have on today. Her name is Jordan Pallison, and she is like over 10 years in the PR industry and has really taken a heart for and an approach to uh, helping small businesses do PR that gets them noticed. And you all know from any previous podcast shows, we're all about getting noticed instead of getting ignored. And so she really helps us do that. And we talk a little bit about how the fact that there's no silver bullet, that it's not like PR and getting your name on Forbes or Incorporated or Entrepreneur Magazine is gonna change the whole world for you, but that, but that it is an integral part of your marketing strategy. To be able to get noticed, and so she gives some really tactical advice that I think you'll find really helpful, and it was really helpful for me as I know very little about the PR world, and so I look forward to you having your mind blown as you listen to this podcast. So, without further ado, my podcast with Jordan. Well, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Death of Vanilla Podcast, where we talk about how to get noticed instead of get
1: ignored. And today on the show, we have Jordan with Julep Marketing. And you're the creator of the PR training program, right? Which is very important because that's like a big step for people who want to get engaged with you. Uh, But you know, this is not your first rodeo. She's been working in public relations for more than a decade and worked with a variety of clients from major brands and celebrities from nonprofits uh, and events. Uh, You secured hundreds of top tier media opportunities for clients and outlets such as Forbes, Vice, CNBC, Cheddar, NBC, uh, in style, Men's Health, and more, you're passionate about tr- uh, teaching entrepreneurs to be their own publicists and secure media opportunities for the personal brand or business. Um, that was a mouthful. Clearly, you've been yeah. <laughs> doing this for quite a while. And also, I can't seem to talk right today, despite the fact it's that- a I totally... It's a tongue twister.
2: It's a tongue twister.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you wouldn't think so, but I guess for, for today, it is for me. So, um, But the, what it boils down to is you, you help people get noticed. Right. And so your special, obviously there's more than one way to skin a cat. And so, you know, like a lot of times we've been talking about, you know, advertising and content marketing and, uh, you know, having a solid brand. And certainly I think we'll get into the branding part because we had talked earlier about messaging and how important that is. And of course, when you're broadcasting your message on something like Forbes, you better know what it's about. Um, But, you know, one thing we haven't talked much about is PR, because I think for a lot of people, they probably just think it's just unapproachable. It's something that's just too lofty. Um, You know, how do you go from, you know, quitting your day job to all of a sudden being on CNBC news, right? It seems unattainable. Maybe just the path is unclear. And so, but obviously it's effective, right? Like anyone that you've ever heard of, you've heard of because they're on major networks. Um, So yeah, so I would love for you uh, to just talk a little bit about that passion like, what got you fired up about that? Is it just that you saw the success that it was bringing other people, or what exactly got you just really convinced and passionate about doing this for entrepreneurs? So, yeah, no,
2: I'm so excited to be here and I love talking with different marketers because, uh, you know, marketing is com- composed of so many different elements and PR just plays a role in that. And so, Um, I got started in this industry because I love working with media. I actually was a camera operator in high school. So when people were doing yeah, when people had like cool jobs working in restaurants, I was like at the 11 o'clock news station operating one of those big cameras. You
1: say that like that's now way cooler like at least it is to me like if I had a choice between flipping burgers and like making news happen I think I would choose news.
2: (laughs) Yeah so I, I loved it I've always loved working with media and so public relations allows me to work with media behind the scenes and bring stories to them and bring stories to life um, and get people noticed and get their stories shared. And so um, I'm really passionate to share their story across different media channels. So yeah, that's kind of where I got started and why I love it so much. And again, it's just like the media element that just excites me. Like I love being you know behind the scenes, whether it's in New York pre-pandemic, you know, meeting with the top tier uh, magazines or at a local news station standing behind the camera. It's all very exciting to me.
1: Well, I love something you said because I I ring the bell for this pretty often, which is that PR is a strategy to do it, right? And so I think the thing and the thing I kind of want to kick things off with is like this isn't the other magic bullet that's going to be the complete game changer, right? Like people think they're going to run a Facebook ad and all of a sudden they're going to have more leads than they know what to freaking do with. And which is possible, but that doesn't like end The advertising. It doesn't like end the marketing. It doesn't end the awareness that you need to build for your brand. And and PR is no different, right? Like it's a good blip, right? And it's a good strategy, but it is one strategy of many. And so this is hugely important, but it is not a silver bullet. And I think you would probably agree with that as well.
2: A thousand percent. And I see so many people make the mistake of not layering in all the elements and a good analogy because death to vanilla it's like a sundae like or you know of all the different the toppings and the chocolate syrup and the whipped cream you need it you need it all because yes a hit on the today show could transform your business But if you land a segment on the Today Show for your business and you don't have your website dialed in, your messaging dialed in, your advertising follow-ups dialed in, it's a total waste of an opportunity. So all of these components are important and vice versa um, to get that you know, that hit on the Today Show, those producers are looking for those other elements, making sure that you do um, present yourself properly, your established business, all of the things. So they really, it, PR is just a piece of the puzzle.
1: Well, and it, I think it was interesting, and I, and I don't want to like s- steal your thunder as far as you presenting your case, but one thing that, it, that spikes in my brain is like when you're talking about like the vetting, that happens when it comes to who they bring on their platforms. Uh, It's in their best interest to make sure that the people on their platforms aren't garbage, and that they are who they say they are. And I ended up reading an article just a couple weeks ago, from like a UK publication that was talking about how radio and TV are still the highest rated, as far as credibility, because of the fact that they're vetted. And actually, social media is one of the lowest. And it's not like you can't be uh, validated and have credibility. It just, you know, I I would say it just takes longer. Um, But because of the fact that no one vets social media, I can, I can go on there one day and say that I'm like a massage therapist and who's to say otherwise. But if I were to try to do that on CNBC, they'd shut it down so quickly. I wouldn't even know what happened because they're going to look and see like, oh, he doesn't have a certification. He's not a massage therapist. He's done. And I feel like, people should be excited about that vetting process, because it's why people are going to believe them more anyways. And so it's cool that you would mention that, that you you do have to keep in mind that people are going to, you're going to get exposed one way or another, either that you're prepared or that you're not.
2: <laughs> exactly. You know, the credibility factor of PR is the other side of the coin. So most people, when they think, oh, I need public relations, it's to increase visibility, it's to increase leads all of those things. And yes, PR can accomplish those goals, but what PR can do that no other marketing strategy can accomplish is that credibility, is that third party validation from media. When you get placed in Forbes or any of these top tier outlets, you can't pay for that. It's it's not an option, you know? right? I mean, there's some shady stuff going out there that makes it look like uh, right now. Uh, oh, makes it look I, I don't like, know, you know what you're
1: talking about. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, but true, true, a true media placement and you splash that all over your website, that is a validation and credibility um, that PR creates that no other marketing strategy does. And I think it's often overlooked.
1: So I know this may seem a little elemental, but let's just kind of like unpack what your definition and like different versions of PR look like to you.
2: So PR is really a broad term, Um, and from like the broadest, highest level, it's really about creating a relationship with a business and its publics, right? The stakeholders, its audience, and just how you're perceived to your publics. What I primarily focus on is a chunk of PR called media relations, and that is what most people think of when they hear PR, is publicity getting featured in the media, Really that's only one component of true traditional PR, Um, but that is where I I do spend most of my focus and my energy and my efforts is teaching entrepreneurs how to get featured in media because I think that's what most entrepreneurs are looking for. But the broader term um, public relations often used by larger corporations is really about establishing your reputation with different internal employees or external audiences.
1: So really anything that's like public facing is technically PR. So like an Instagram post is PR at the most basic level, but it's not like the high end level that we're talking about.
2: Yeah, exactly. Any of your communications um, to audiences would be considered like public relations.
1: Right. So obviously getting featured on something like Forbes is kind of like a shiny red ball. I for sure want to be (laughs) featured on there um you know or really just any of them that's like reaching the audience that I want to talk to but outside of like what we talked about earlier with it like not being the end all what other like misconceptions do you find people uh believe that PR is going to do for them that it doesn't actually do and then let's explore the flip side of that which is what does it actually do for them and I know we talked about credibility but if you could kind of unpack that a little bit further
2: yeah, so t- to be honest with you, what I see a lot of small business owners make a mistake of is they throw all, all their eggs in the PR basket
1: mm, okay. um,
2: and pay a lot for agency retainers, expecting it to generate a huge return. Oh,
1: yeah. No, no, no. So oh, can, no. Can, you, can you just unpack that a little bit more? When you say they put their eggs in one basket, is that because it's so expensive to do that? Because it takes so much effort to do that? Or just because they think it's going to change everything?
2: I think, uh, it's a combination. I think a lot of small business owners think it's going to change everything. It's they, and they think it's what they need. I've seen so many small business owners, um, you know, disregard other like SEO, advertising, um, messaging, branding, social media, influencer marketing, all of those things. And just focus on PR, um, when, yeah, and so they come to an agency, they pay a lot for agency retainers and then they don't real they're expecting something the next day or the next month, not realizing that PR is a long-term game similar to similar to all other marketing strategies, right? right? <laughs> it's a long it's a long investment. Um, Long term investment, and it can take months before you even see a return. And so I think that a lot of um, business owners think that PR is an instant return on your investment, and it's not, unfortunately. It does take time to build momentum. And just, you know, um, tactically, when you're, if you want, let's say, a glossy feature in entrepreneur, like the print magazine that's a six, four to six month lead time. So let's mm. say you engage with an agency, they secure your hit in entrepreneur in the next day, which is highly unlikely. Well, it's four to six months before that even hits the newsstands. Right. So that cycle, the news cycle um, itself takes some time uh, in addition just to like letting your agency or your freelancer work to get your name out there.
1: So I don't want to work in absolutes too much, right? But I know that I was listening to a podcast where they talked about radio specifically being like a 12 week process where like, it's nothing, 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 nothing. Week 11 starts going up. Right. And so I, I know that's like a very general, like I said, I don't want to talk too much in absolutes for sure. But uh, like when you say long-term, obviously the for it to get to publication is long, but I, are we talking about like a year, five years, six months, like, What's kind of like, once you start getting in and start rolling, like what is an appropriate amount of time that you're like, Hey, at least needs to be this amount before I could even crack a smile.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I would say three to six months. Okay. Is a pr- approximately the timeline where you should start seeing um, opportunities, media opportunities hit for you, come in for you. Um, that's approximately the timeline uh, that it takes three to six months, but it can take up to a year. And it's kind of the snowball effect, right? So if you did get that hit in Entrepreneur Magazine, that glossy hit, well, once that lands, I promise you, you're going to see a ton of other opportunities tinker off of that. So it kind of builds upon each other. Um, And even just starting out in the first month, you can see quick hits. And um, I have some simple ways to for entrepreneurs to start getting themselves out there in a month or less, but they're smaller media publications. Sure. But once you start building those smaller interviews, even if it's local TV, um, local online print publications, once you start establishing yourself in those markets, it builds to the top top tier outlets for example most of the national tv shows like today gma they prefer anyone who comes on their show to have some sort of local credibility before Mm. they um before they come on national
1: yeah otherwise you're gonna like go on (laughs) national tv make an ass of yourself and them (laughs) because they don't even know they don't even know if you're gonna be good exactly Um, so okay so let's talk about that a little bit because we're talking about like smaller publications and I'm not so sure that's such a bad thing, right? And and they talk about, um, like when I've done some research on the like magazines and they talk about like niche magazines where like nobody subscribes to them except for all of the right people, right? And so we're looking at Entrepreneur Magazine, we're looking at Inc and all these others, Bloomberg or whatever, like that's the goal. But is it like, you know what I mean? Like, can you actually find... Uh, a reasonable, if not a great amount of success in some of those more local publications, either news or magazines or whatever else?
2: Absolutely. I mean, this really should be part of your PR strategy before you even attempt to put a news release out there, pitch or press or approach any press, you should ask yourself, and I need to credit Jason Pfeiffer, who's the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine for this question, but he always says any entrepreneur who's looking to do PR should ask themselves, why do you want PR in the first place? What business goal is it accomplishing for you? Are you wanting to generate new leads? Um, are you wanting to boost your email list? What, what is the goal? And that should help guide your strategy. So for a lot of business owners, uh, other business owners might be their target or HR managers might be their target. And you have to get seen in the publications that your audience is actually reading. So those trade publications, which no, most people have never heard of, um, are actually where you're probably going to generate a lot of those leads. Plus, they're easier to get into, um, and you can just like get more steam there than trying to focus your efforts on, like you said, those top tier ones: the ink, the, the entrepreneur, fast company, etc.
1: Right. So having like a well defined strategy. Which who'd have thought you needed that for marketing? I mean, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: understanding your audience. Right. Weird. What. what? <laughs>
1: So like, just just spitball some numbers that are just general. Like, are we talking, like, what are we talking about for like a local publication? What are we talking about for a big publication? And maybe, maybe it's not dollar amount. Cause like you said, you can't really buy it, but let, let's talk about like the barrier to entry, because if, if you can get into a local or very niche publication and that's actually better for you overall, right. It's not like the, you know, you can't brag about it the next time you're like cooking hot dogs with the boys. Right. But like It's good, right? It's good. for your building your business. What kind of barrier to entry difference are we talking here?
2: So it's kind of hard. You can't talk in dollar numbers. Um, Just an old way to measure PR that's totally outdated is people would take um, the equivalent of an ad placement in the print publication and compare it to an article placement, but you you just, it's comparing apples and oranges. So you can't really compare the two. Um, It's, more about the barrier of entry is how many people are actually approaching that publication for stories. Okay. So for, entre- and I'm sorry, I keep using the example of entrepreneur, but it's the easiest one. For entrepreneur, you have the their editors and their staff writers are getting hit hundreds of times a day with different story topics in in different entrepreneurs, right? Because they're the top tier media. But let's take a trade publication, an HR magazine that only HR people across the country read and they get free, you know, in their work inbox. Well, their editors are getting hit up a lot less for story ideas, expert advice, all of those things. And so that's really the difference of the barrier of entry is contacting and being able to break through to those editors and those staff writers and and presenting them with a story idea that they'll grasp onto.
1: Nice, okay, no, that that makes sense. Um, Okay, so let's kind of walk through the process a little bit. So I think probably the best place to start is the messaging part, right? And so what do you stand for? What is it that you're trying to do? How does someone work in, like what does that being done right look like when it comes to beginning to approach PR?
2: So your messaging is really important to dial that in before you get into PR because you need to think of also PR. Your story is being told by someone else, right? So it's almost a a game of telephone. And so if your messaging isn't completely dialed in, your story could be interpreted the wrong way, shared the wrong way. And it's critical that all of these elements are completely in place. I always recommend for um, any business owner to have like a media kit and work with your branding team, your copywriter um, and and dial that in and then have a media kit ready to go. So this should include a short, very short personal bio of the business owner or key team members that you want featured in the, um, in the media, but very short, simple. Um, and then a boilerplate about your company brand or business. Again, this should be very clear, concise, Um, And straight to the point, and maybe a paragraph or two about your business and what sets you apart. And the important thing to include in both your bio and your business boilerplate is the elements that make you, you and your business unique and your personal brand unique and different. So you really want to have those set apart. Um, And that's this media kit or this press kit. That's, you know, um, online that lives somewhere, you can easily send it anytime you have an interview opportunity, or someone wants to get to know more about you or your business. It's the same information, same story, same message that's going out to all audiences, so there's never a discrepancy um, when it comes to your messaging. And then I also recommend in the media kit to include some high-res photos, a nice headshot, um, maybe your your brand logo. Um, but all of these things should be kept like in one one space that everyone knows that this is this is it. This is the messaging that goes out to all audiences.
1: So can you can you think of an example of like? someone who started with kind of like a garbage message and and then how that transformed into something that was like actually really concise and well done for PR. Like, I'm not asking you to call them out. I'm just saying like, could you just give me an example theoretically of, you know, this, this, this is terrible. This is what it should actually sound like or look like.
2: I think the most common thing that I see is, um, is like too much messaging, like too much detail or, um, a personal story, um, that, you know, is there, is just too much information and it really needs to be boiled down into like that paragraph or two on the flip side. I've also seen a lot of people kind of take, you know, almost their cover letter or resume type copy as their personal bio. And it's like, Oh, I went to school here. And, you know, it's very formatic. Right. I mean, I'm using robot arms. right now. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay, so, so I guess that begs the question, what are PR people wanting to see then? Like, you know what I mean? If they don't want to hear a story and they don't want to know, like, facts about you, what is it that they want to know?
2: Well, it's a combination of the two, but it's a short, concise combination, right? You don't right. want your, like, your first pet's name in this in this bio where it's two pages long. Um, and then you also don't want a vanilla, boring bio that's... Right like very cover letter you want you've got to combine the elements and keep it um, like why are you what's your mission who are you serving Um, what makes you different like the uniqueness in it um, but it also should share like why you're doing what you do um, a little bit about your background you definitely want to include your credentials. I think that's always really important in a bio is to include any of those credentialings that you have, especially if you're presenting yourself as an expert to media.
1: Okay. What are some things that people should be pursuing as credibility markers? Like what's valuable? Cause like, you know, you hear stuff like, oh, like if you've got a book then that you're, you're like 50% of the way there. You know what I mean? In the sense that like few people have written a book and it makes you look like an expert. But uh, while that may not be true. So what are some like credibility markers that people should be working towards that would be, you know, outside, like, you know, like for someone starting, you can't say you have t- 10 years of experience. Like you can now, but you know what I mean? Like how does someone, like as someone's trying to look to build their credibility, what so- things should they start pursuing that actually matter to other people?
2: So when it comes to PR, I think that interview opportunities make you more credible when media are contacting you for interview opportunities. I also think being becoming a guest writer or a guest blogger on different media outlets. Um, is a great way to build credibility. I also think any award opportunities. So small businesses often overlook awards, like industry awards, okay. um, takes a lot of time and a lot of money. But honestly, those lend themselves to credibility. And when you have co- customers and consumers looking on your website, and they see awards, you um, Again, that's just a credibility builder. But those those would be my three things is getting getting featured in media interviews, guest blogging on media websites, and positioning yourself as an expert thought leader. It just naturally lends itself to that. And then the third thing is applying for any award opportunities that are out there.
1: That's super tactical. Thank you. <laughs> of course. No, no, that's like, that's like really, really good. You know, like I said, I think for a lot of people, including myself, like the road to PR is just... So um, confusing and just like like unknown, just unknown. Like I don't know, I don't, you know, you know, you, you go online and sometimes you look up stuff and it's like, oh, like just write an amazing article and send it to the editor and it's just like, yeah, like like you said, they receive like hundreds if not thousands a day. Like they don't care. Like you know what I mean? Unless you just like happen to be like the best writer ever or something. You know what I mean? So I think that's super super helpful. So thank you for that um, that knowledge drop. Um, so what, so you talked about, um, like website and everything else, uh, set up. So obviously that's like a, a great next step. So you, you've worked on your messaging, you know, what you stand for, um, you know, your websites all, you know, dialed in, um, how do you go about, so I don't know, you tell me, so you, you, are you're, you're writing an educational program on, on how people can pursue HR on their own, um, so what's kind of the next step after that? So, you know, you got your front facing stuff ready, the messaging ready. What's the next step?
2: Okay, so um, you have your media kit that, that is ready and it's online either on Dropbox, Google Drive. You got your headshots, your high-res photos, your boilerplate and your bio in there. It's ready to go for any media opportunities that may come your way. The next step would be to sign up for, there are services out there um, called Help a Reporter, which is HARO, known to many as HARO, and there's another service out there called Quoted, Q-W-O-T-E-D.com. Both of these are services that journalists come in and they submit a request They need to speak with an expert. They need a product for a gift guide. And these um, emails get delivered to your inbox daily. And basically it's a list of journalists requests looking for experts or products or anything like that. And you're, and you have the opportunity to respond to these requests if you fit the query. And this is the next best place I like for small business owners to start because you're meeting the journalists where they're at. It's usually a pretty simple request. You're not having to craft a pitch or a story idea. You're simply, hey, I'm an expert. I can lend my voice to the story, provide you with input. Or if they're looking for a product, hey, my product's a great fit here it is. So that's my next recommendation. After you have your messaging and your media kit dialed in, sign up for these platforms that start delivering media opportunities into your inbox. And so again, that's helpareporter.com and quoted.com are my two favorites. Um, and it's again, just inbox, like or inquiries daily to, to your inbox from journalists.
1: Nice. Okay. So that, that yeah, that seems like a great Well, and I think the other advantage to that is that I'm sure there's like trends, right? And so there's gotta be stuff that you pick up on like, hey, like people keep asking for this. I think I'm gonna do some like research and come up with like the most killer article possible on answering this question. So when it comes around again, inevitably it will, you're ready with something amazing as opposed to just like being reactionary.
2: Exactly, or you can take, The request. Let's say you have a request come through and you spend a ton of time crafting a response and responding to the journalist on a topic and you don't get picked for the for the article will take that content and turn it into a blog for your website or a social media post like don't let it go to waste repurpose The content. Another thing that's really important for business owners to start doing right away is start consuming media and connecting with journalists. So this is one of the things that's going to break down that barrier to be like, oh, PR is so overwhelming, I don't even know where to start. Well, search where your competitors are getting coverage, first of all, that can kind of help guide you to the right publications where you could be featured, Um, a quick Google search and then hit the news tab and you can see where they've been covered and start consuming those publications daily. I see so many people forget to actually consume media and it's such an important part. Um, I have, you know, I've heard of new clients coming on and they're like, oh, I want to be featured on Oprah show. And I'm like, "Oprah show doesn't exist anymore. So <laughs> time to consume media. Yeah. And so that'll really help you get familiar with the media landscape. You'll start to understand what their audience wants, what types of articles and stories they're talking about, how to write in pitches with headline terms. And then you start to get to know and get familiar with the editors and writers who are actually writing the story. And when it comes to media relations, um, the foundation of media relations is really built on relationships, right? That's why there's this kind of stereotypical PR person who who knows everyone and has all these media relationships. Um, And really, at the end of the day, business owners are the best person to build relationships directly with media, uh, as opposed to I mean, I hate to say this, but opposed to the middleman, the PR person. So, um, and oftentimes, and I've actually heard this from top, top tier media, is they prefer to speak directly with the CEO as opposed to the publicist. Mm -hmm. Um, So just getting familiar with the media landscape, consuming different types of media publications, just sign up for their newsletters. So they're getting into your inbox daily and pay attention to who's writing the stories and shoot them a connection request on LinkedIn or follow them on Twitter. It's that easy. And then you start just getting familiar. And what I've seen often happen on LinkedIn is I start connecting with journalists and then they're posting requests on LinkedIn. Hey, I need a source for this. Um, And there you go. Connection made. And you can get a featured interview.
1: Nice. Okay. No, I think, I think that's super helpful. Like, You know, so like if you have a, a, you know, a a slushy shop and I don't know why I picked that. It just popped in my head. Maybe I'm hungry. So you would just type that into Google and hit news and then it's going to pull slushy shop news. That's another mouthful. I can't say, right? (laughs) Uh, And then, then, then that's like your market research, right? Then you can see like, oh, like they're posting never because apparently no one's asking or, you know, of course they are because slushies are delicious, but uh, then you'll be able to see like who's actually talking about it and then be able to hit them up. Is, exactly. Is okay. Good. And I would
2: actually search your competitors' names mm. and see where they're getting featured. Okay. This works the same thing for awards too, especially if you have more established competitors in the marketplace. Um, you can check out their website, see where they've, you know, where they're getting awards from. And that can kind of help guide you out, out of the gate on where to focus some of your efforts.
1: Awesome. Okay. So then I get. I guess the step after that is patience, right? Because you go to all that trouble, you, you write content, you reach out to people and then silence until you hear back and it could be a while, right?
2: It can be a while, um, but it's always best to, the next step after establishing your relationships with media or if you're signing up for those platforms that deliver opportunities into your inbox, the next step is actually pitching media, right? And this is the bread and butter of what, a publicist does or agency does, um, they pitch hundreds of different media, media contacts um, on your behalf with a story idea. So you want to kind of think of a trending story topic. What's happening in the news? How can you lend your voice to it? Does your business play a role in it? Do you have something that your business is announcing, is, it, is there something that's actually newsworthy? And then you start approaching press with these story topics or your newsworthy announcement. And then you do a series of follow-ups. Um, I always recommend like two to three follow-ups is probably the most appropriate. Um, and, and you see if the journalist is interested. But again, that consuming that media and connecting with the right media contacts is key to success in securing media coverage if you start pitching, because um, you have to have the right contact to, you know, to actually make them interested and then getting to know their beats and what they cover and what, what makes them tick is really the key to success and landing some placements.
1: Right. Well, and I think this just goes back to something that I've heard, you know, now you talk about and, and several others, which is this idea that, at the end of the day, it all comes back to relationships in general, right? Like all these opportunities are opportunities to scale who you're talking to either in number or in quality. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all goes back to relationship building. And so like with social media, uh, you know, like I say, it's, you know, it's not like it's wrong to use social media as a distribution platform, but it is called social media. Right and in PR relations—the word "relation" is literally in the word in the phrase—and <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's kind of like, well, of course you've got to build relationships because that's literally what it's called. Um, and so I think that's important too. And I, I think that just goes back to this idea that there is no quick fix to get your business off the ground. It's—it's it's not only is it number of things like a holistic approach to the marketing, but it's like you said, you know, PR, like you said, is a long game, right? And so you don't, you know you don't show up to someone and be like, hey, best friend, like they're like, who the frick are you, right? You gotta say hi, you gotta have a little conversation, some small talk, grab a cup of coffee, you know what I mean? And, and pretty soon it's it's someone that you could like have watch your kids or like loan your car to, you know, a year later when you've had all this relationship equity built up. And it sounds like this is almost the same and it's almost like relationships are universal, right? And so, you know, you build these relationships with these publicists, and journalists and that's when things start snowballing
2: exactly that's you couldn't be more right about it it's so relational and you can actually it's it's a it's a really a symbiotic relationship too when you're when you're doing it right because you're actually helping a journalist with their work and their story and getting them information and then in in return they're helping you by sharing your story and your information. So it creates a really nice relationship when you do it correctly.
1: Right. So you talked earlier about kind of like understanding the end goal of why you're doing PR to begin with, right? You know, is it leads, is it website traffic? Is, do you think there is out of all the strategy opportunities you could have, as far as like what the output is, what do you think are a couple that are particularly useful? uh, Like particularly, um, I don't know, effective, I think is the right word when it comes to PR. Like, does it actually help with website views? Yes or no? Like, does it just help with leads? Is it just kind of like leads as a byproduct because of all the traffic? Like, what do you find that it's particularly effective at doing?
2: So this is a really challenging question, I think, for all PR practitioners, because it's one of those things that doesn't translate directly into mm-hmm. an ROI, right? Because some, right. sometimes it's like brand awareness and brand building, and it really depends on the publication because there's so different so many different media mediums. Different channels. It's really challenging to say. My recommendation for anyone who's wanting to just evaluate their PR is it effective? What's working? Is making sure that you're watching and setting up all of the analytics that you have possible. If you're able to survey your audience and see where they're getting, where they're coming in from is did they see you in a magazine publication? Um, Did they see you online? All of these things, you just have to set up in advance and see what what works for you. Uh, Recently, I was having a conversation with someone here in in Phoenix, and one of the TV stations, actually, um, the digital placement on the TV station website generated thousands of leads for them, while our big newspaper publication here, which is very well-known and very well-respected didn't generate as many leads for them and so that was a very surprising thing for me to hear but they were able to capture this information by simply looking at analytics paying attention to that on the front end Um, and so now what that does is they can help they can focus more of their efforts on um, you know getting information to like these types of publications so
1: so obviously you can't, like there's a certain amount of money spend that you're doing in what I call experimenting, right? Which is that despite all the experts' opinions and all of the right answers and all of the research, there are some things where you just can't predict how well people are going to grasp an idea and fall in love with something. Like it's impossible, like otherwise Hallmark would make like two cards, right? Because they're like, no, everyone's going to love this card. So why make 10 others, Right. And so I feel like there's an experimental process to some of this that's unavoidable. But in retrospect, was there things that you guys realized in seeing the poor performance of the newspaper that maybe there was a disconnect in like audience or if it just didn't work out and it just kind of like that's just how the cookie crumbled?
2: Yeah, I think there definitely. And I also want to clarify that it wasn't the print newspaper because I think Mm, a common misconception is that print is dead. And I don't necessarily know if that's true or not. It was actually the digital website and the digital TV website. I do think it was an audience um, element there, but again, it was just, it was a little bit surprising because the newspaper is definitely more top tier, considered top tier, right? They have a larger reach, a larger audience. Um, while the TV station digital network is not quite as much. It also could be which media channel is pushing it to their audience, right? So that could be a simple thing too. Like if you have this top, top tier um, newspaper that has hundreds of articles coming out every day, they're not able to push it to their audience on social and everything where if you have the smaller publication and this story hits, they can push it to their audience. So there are so many factors in play when it comes, um, when it comes to actually getting your media placement uh, in these outlets.
1: Well, that makes so much sense. I mean, like realistically, the whole reason something like this podcast exists when we talk about standing out is because there's noise, right? So that makes so much sense. Like if you're, and, and, And maybe that kind of goes back to the strategy piece, which is clearly like some of the bigger like entrepreneur magazines, just to go back to the the easy example, right? Like they they do post just a stupid amount of articles. And so maybe the strategy isn't that you gain leads from posting on entrepreneur magazine. It's that you can say, I was published on entrepreneur magazine. And that's leverage for the next thing. Because if, if you're going for leads, you're going to be disappointed. But if you're going for credibility, well, it's going to be freaking awesome. And and so I think that's where the 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 trade-off as far as strategy comes into play because you know, what I, mean? and I think that's something that people need to consider is like there is more to it than just leads. Like there are other good things
0: <laughs> that exactly. could come it's out the of
1: it.
2: It's the it's the credibility component that I see so many is so often overlooked in PR. It's literally the one you cannot buy. A placement in okay. Let's not use Entrepreneur or Forbes because they have contributed pieces right now, sure. right? Okay, so let's use like the New York Times. You cannot buy a placement, an article placement in the New York Times unless it's an advertisement, and if it's an advertisement, it's clearly going to say advertisement. So that is so often overlooked, but absolutely credibility is huge. Um, think of. My favorite example is to go. think of going to a website where you have, let's say, something really personal, like you're trying to find someone to manage your money for you, okay? And you land on one, you have two finance experts you're looking at, and one has been featured in Forbes, U.S. News & World Report, CNBC, you have all these media placements and media hits, right? And then you have the other finance expert, and just services are the same pricing is the same they have zero media placements instantly like who do you think is more credible and more trustworthy it's going to be the person with those media placements because those media outlets validate that individual even me being on your podcast right now you're validating me you've already vetted me um And it's just, it just creates credibility that you just can't buy or get anywhere
1: else. Well, I think that's a good point. I feel like you're always saying yes to something and no to something else. So like the, for the example, just to play devil's advocate the first thing I think of when I think about the guy who's been published everywhere is like he might be not very down to earth. Like he might be like a little too stuck up or, you know, think he's, you know you know, just, just all that in a bag of chips. But at the same time, I think it would probably be easier for him to just publish a couple of videos that humanizes him as part of his content strategy. I think that's easier than trying to take someone who has no credibility and try to build that with pieces of content. Mm -hmm. Like If you had to choose an evil that you were trying to overcome, I feel like that would be much simpler just to have someone else give you the credibility and then humanize yourself as opposed to being very human and trying to... if I, I, don't know, there's not yeah. a way for that. No,
2: I mean, all things, all, if it was a completely even, even playing field, right. Even if they had the same, same looking website, same pricing, same service offerings, everything, just those third party validations is like, you know, next level that no one else can buy. So it helps right. a lot.
0: Well,
1: cool. So, Hey, we're wrapping up here at the end and I want to respect your time. So what I would really love for you to do is to spend the next couple of minutes really unpacking the course that you're making. Um, and uh, I, I think you said you're gonna do like a, uh, like a, a 2.0 version, right? Um, but I, I love to hear what people can really expect from taking that course and where they can find it.
2: Yeah, thank you, yeah. So I created this course because I was working for a lot of agencies and and don't get me wrong, I have a ton of respect for agencies and I think they serve their purpose um, as well as freelancers. But what I noticed at doing business development is I came across a lot of small business owners who were not in a position to be paying five to 15,000 a month for a PR agency retainer. Um, and they, there were so many things they could do themselves or they could bring in house or have an intern do. So that's why I created my PR training program. It's an eight week course that includes online training modules, um, live coaching and Q&A for me plus some one-on-one guidance as well because PR is really tailored to each business um, that I want to, I bring in some like one-on-one support. But basically it's an eight-week program that guides business owners or their team members. Like if they have a marketing manager, someone in-house that can manage PR for them through the process of actually creating a media kit, developing some pitch angles, having a strategy in place, understanding the media landscape, building a media, all of the things that we kind of talked about. um, It really, my program, by the end of it, uh, business owners will feel confident pitching any media top tier to local or anything in between um, and just really sharing their story on podcasts, on TV um, or in print and online publications.
1: I I love that because, Okay, sorry, could you go ahead and share like where exactly, uh, just your website?
2: Oh yeah, so people can find um, the program at julletmarketing.com. There's just fill out the application because I do vet... It's a limited number of people because of the one-on-one component of it. Um, But just fill out the application and you'll get on the wait list for the next round. And then also um, I, you know, I have some freebies too on my Instagram, which is at julep underscore marketing. I've got some free trainings and I'm always constantly trying to put out really valuable information, tactical things like we talked about um, today to help entrepreneurs.
1: That's amazing. And I I think the thing I love about this, and I'm sure that you've even experienced this as you've been on like more interviews and and been on camera and stuff like that, is like figuring out all these things for PR is only going to make all of the other things that you do better. Like your elevator pitch is going to be better because of this. Like the way that you explain your business to customers is going to be better because of this. Like everything that has to do with your business is going to be better because what's not better about having more clear messaging and knowing exactly who you're serving and knowing exactly how you're presenting yourself like that seems like a pretty big win in all other areas even if it is one of those slow churn approaches to marketing you know what i mean
2: yeah it's just learning how to do this and how to understand it for your business and execute it i mean it's such a valuable skill set to to incorporate and because agencies can, you know, can request five to 10,000 or whatever the cost may be. Just knowing the process, you can save thousands by learning to do it yourself. Or when the time comes for you to actually hire out for an agency, which that time hopefully will come for all businesses, um, there's a better relationship there because you understand what goes into PR, you understand the expectations, um, and it just creates a really great experience between agency and business owners when when business owners kind of understand the process and they're not feeling blindsided or anything like that.
1: yeah well I, I think I would hope that other people watching this feel how I feel which is that like it's not it's difficult but not unattainable um, and it's challenging but there are steps in which to go and and, and reach that goal of and, and really just just I mean they can literally start today by just like starting to build relationships. Like you said, like find out who's posting on publications in like the general industry that you're in and add them on LinkedIn, step one. You know what I mean? Like, it's just really that simple. You can start today. You don't have to have your media kit ready today. Um, Obviously you can start working on it today. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. if, If the long part is the relationships, that's something that someone can start today with zero budget and zero plan, zero strategy, and they can start building the relationships. So as they come up with the strategy and the media kits and all these other things, then at that point, the relationships are starting to blossom into something that's actually beneficial for both people. Um, And so I don't know, that's kind of my takeaway from it. And so I hope that's what other people get as well, because I think it's just making it more approachable. And I think that's huge.
2: Yes, no, that's exactly like my goal with it. And then also just going back to those um those resources that i mentioned helpareporter.com quoted.com and then there's another one go wildcast where we found each other absolutely uh, yeah and i just those are resources they're completely free for people to sign up for and you can start getting media opportunities delivered in your inbox and if you're a great fit then there you go like you didn't pay anything and you have your first media opportunity and it's so exciting when i see that people start like Seeing how easy the process is, to
1: well, um, actually accomplish these goals. Right, and I mean, for me, Go Wildcast has been awesome because that's not only where you and I met, but I mean, I almost can't think of anyone who hasn't responded to one of my messages, and, and not all of them have been yeses, but most of them have been, and at least everyone like talked and like I'm, uh, I'm introverted and not much of a salesman, and so for me, it's like if I talk to someone. I already feel like I'm bothering them, even though that's not true, because I'm trying to be helpful, right? And so I'm not bothering them if I'm trying to be helpful. But I feel that way a lot of times, especially on LinkedIn. Like, sometimes LinkedIn is just where people, like, post their resumes because they're looking for a new job, right? But with Go Wildcast, like, everyone is on there to be on a podcast. And it's like, so when you say, hey, can you be on my podcast, it's not a surprise, They're not wondering why you're sending them a message. Like it's exactly why they're on there. And I think that's amazing and wonderful and makes me, my, uh, my internal emotions uh, much, much uh, calmer. And so, uh, yeah, so I can't recommend it enough and they're not paying me to say that. I just love them. And I love that you and I got to connect and chat. Um, And it's just so funny. Like we're like, we're both local in Arizona and, and, uh, and you know, you didn't even know until we talked. And it's just one of those things where you, the world's a big place, but it's also a small place. And so it was, it was cool that that brought us together. So.
2: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. No, those platforms are awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much again for having me and letting me share my tips and everything. And this has been awesome.
1: Yeah. I really appreciate being on. I appreciate your time, your help. And uh, I I imagined this will be as valuable to everyone else as it was to me because it sure was. So thank you.
2: Thanks, Stephen.